Hello, welcome to Hot Dice Nerds. Uh, we are talking to Tom again, the author of Weird Weird West Tabletop RPG. Uh, if you saw our last episode, then this follows on from that, uh, where we're going to uh, finish looking over the game to get an idea of the concept of it. Uh, we had some high-level discussions last time. If you didn't see that, then you can find that on our Twitch. You can find it on our YouTube. You can find that on our Spotify, wherever you hear podcasts. And if you're looking for us, hotdicenerds.com, it's all there. So uh, I've got the Weird Weird West book up. Um, yeah, if you've not seen that first video, pause this, go watch that, then come back to the VOD. <laughs> Probably a good advice. We're, yeah, we're, we're, ju- we're jumping in, jumping into the, jumping into in the from, rules of the game after an, in, after an intro. Yeah, we talked about uh, like the game, the the vibe of it. We talked about yeah, um, yeah, like the the way that it's like story first and rules second. Yeah, 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 that sort of stuff. Narrative first, fiction focused. Uh, we took a look at some playbooks and stuff, and talked about what moves are and how you're choosing the things that you care about as opposed to the things that you're good at. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go through the rest of the rest of the core book, I think. Get yeah, that. we got we did game flow and core mechanics, and then we also looked at um, some of the cards for the different like uh, things that you can play as. So that we looked at the common moves cheat sheet, which uh, mm. I'm just going to throw that up on the screen for people. So if you if you watched it, it was this that talked about the various like aim and fire and spray and pray and barter and haggle and like the core moves that everyone can do. And then we also looked at um, uh, we looked at the sneak, didn't we? I think we did the sneak. Um, what you can do as a sneak character, yeah, sneak and all the different around. roles that come with that. There's also ones for fighter that uh, have sharpshooter, commander, tank, and like other moves and things. There's one for a thinker, to research, technology, surgeon. Um, and like different moves for them. More academically inclined person. And then the weirdo at the end. Yeah, so there had to be one for like the just the raw doing weird things in the Wild West. So they all have they all have fun options, but I think a lot of people gravitate to the sneaker and the weirdo just <laughs> because that's what RPG people like doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, they're all they're all like completely distinct with their own fun toys they get to play with in their own fun like little verbs and stuff cool. we got cat in the chat hello she says hello hey hey cat one of the uh hot dice all-time great nerds uh, been on long, many long, long many of nerd. games. many an accent many an outfit <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do it without her so uh we, we were looking at game flow and core mechanics um, yeah, so if you want to pull up the yeah, pull up the PDF and yeah. uh, this is where we were. Yeah. So, so yeah, so the, the the core of the game is this loop of the GM presenting obstacles and problems, you rolling dice when appropriate, and going back to the GM for the new problem. That mm-hmm. loop of like, it encourages this snowball mounting, getting by on the skin of your teeth kind of feel. Uh, for a game that is designed to last two to three to four sessions, so that you're, you're sort of reaching the end of your little season of story or your little episode, however you want to dice it up, yeah, uh, with with yourself like <laughs> full of bullets and stab wounds, <laughs> and you're all broken and damaged, but you've like you've done the thing. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so if we just, I guess, yeah, if we just keep going through the PDF, I'll talk, like, quickly about each Attributes. Yeah. So, your attributes are, like, in Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder, Mm -hmm. they are the the bit where you get to choose what to be good at. So, you're good at your reflexes, or your smarts, or your cunning, or your grit. And they're quite broad, as you can imagine. We talked about these, they're like, yeah. You're bad at one. You're all right at another. You're good at something else, yeah. and you're great at one more. Just because it's always fun to choose the thing that you're bad at, as opposed to yeah, yeah, people yeah. roll for them or something. I like and it the means idea that of like there's no way to like everyone's got variety, you know. So like you can't game. Or, or maybe everyone's all bad at one thing. Plus two. All that, yeah. Or you all you all accidentally chosen smarts to be the weak thing, and none of you can ever reason <laughs> about anything happening, and you have to just <laughs> wing everything that you're doing. <laughs> Amazing. Alright, and then uh, advantage and disadvantage, something you see in a lot of games. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's just, it's a really, it's my like favourite mechanic of Dungeons and Dragons, this idea that if you can argue your point of like, well, I should be able to get a bit further on that because I did this thing and that thing, it's an easy way for the GM to say, here's an extra dice just for good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're always rolling 2d6 and adding them together, so yeah. advantage is. 3d6 and dropping the lowest so it's uh on the bell curve it really improves your odds you have to do quite badly to roll yeah yeah yeah. three twos or whatever yeah you're rolling with advantage is is often something that is like significant bumping chance of success exactly yeah and disadvantage really fucks you over (laughs) trying to trying to roll a high number on 3d6 and dropping the highest is a significant uh yeah a significant disadvantage fair enough uh, so for players playing this game, are they mostly mm. rolling d6s for everything they're doing? You're always rolling d6s. There is there is no other die size needed. Uh, oh. Shout out to my Warhammer nerds. <laughs> I just I like the idea of like not having to fuck around with lots of different dice. I know that everyone does have polyhedral dice. It's the oh yeah, I the, mean the fun bit of the hobby. I say like everyone, everyone we know. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone we know. You if you maybe t- got this game and you're introducing it to friends. You can grab your Monopoly dice yes. or your Risk dice. Or do your, not leave your yeah. home. Do not walk three doors down. Do not kick in their front door and do not demand to know <laughs> how many dice they have because they will always only have D6. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I just think it's easier. It also lends itself to that idea of uh, a core a core human thing of rolling more dice is fun mm. than not rolling more dice. And if you're only using D6s, you're more likely to be rolling just a handful of dice that's as opposed to one big dice which everyone uh, likes doing cat in the chat says tom's camera looks super sharp as in you uh no i just i think maybe i'm less greasy than i was last time <laughs> yeah we're, we're well lit it's daylight yeah Britain. it's daylight I've got we've got our hue. government mandated eight minutes of sunshine yeah <laughs> i'm enjoying the uh, the four days of summer here we, here we get in england so two things uh everyone loves luck and then wealth and money. Yeah, so luck is a sort of uh, just because I want you to reach that end point and I want you to reach it battered and broken. Mm. Every time you miss a roll, that is to roll 2d6 and get a 6 or less, you 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 mess up the thing that you're doing at that moment in time, but you get a luck point and you can add on your luck point next roll. So you can maybe stack up like two or three luck points because you've rolled badly over the last session or so and then when the big roll comes at the end 2d6 plus 4 because I've got 4 luck points 
and you can guarantee that like moment of cinematic oh my god he's pulled it out of the bag okay yeah I like just, it just, just to help you reach that like boss fight oh, don't fuck up quite at the end you just you just get over the curve so when it comes to declaring that you're using your luck is this I roll and then I choose to use my luck or is this I roll yeah, so and find you, out whether it's success or fail and then I choose to use my luck like where that does that one, fall yeah. you, can, you can roll your dice and roll a six and then spend two luck to go up to an eight to achieve a partial success for example Okay, so because I know the the dice limits of what I'm rolling, I can. Mm. It, there's no. I'm never rolling against a blind number. Like in D and D, you roll to hit, and you get, and you have to ask, does a twelve hit? Yeah, yeah. So you. That's so. Yeah, good point. You are always. You always know that you want a seven, eight, or a nine at least, and a ten or more is the best. You're always aiming for that. And everyone uh, knows that, right? Which takes a little relief off of the GM because. The GM doesn't have to know uh, if they're rolling this and they've got a fire weapon. There, there, there is no idea of like a GM having to come up with a difficulty check on the spot, uh, as it were. That says she has a really bad habit yeah. on D&D <laughs> of in her head making this really cool move or attack and then you go to play it out and roll shite so their luck yeah. would be something she'd really like. So because you can add your luck after your roll, you can be like, Okay, I take out my my Winchester rifle and I blow his hat off from 600 yards away just yeah. to prove a point to the undead sheriff. And then you roll and you're like a five and you're like, well, I guess I don't do that. But you can spend your luck. If you really want that thing, you can you can push yourself. And you know, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a guaranteed transactional sale as well. It's not like a... Yeah. Yeah. When you say oh, I'm, I'm going to use my like luck feature of D and D to re-roll, oh, I still fail. Or yeah, I wanna you're not re-rolling add on these extra twelve points. Does that work? Yeah. No, it still doesn't work. You know for exactly, a fact yeah. if I have like I missed by three and I've got four luck. So if I spend three of my four luck, it's going to work. Yeah, and then you get the fun thing because it's all guaranteed. You get that little gap of uh, maybe you roll a six and you really wanted a 10 or more, mm-hmm. is it worth spending the luck to go up to 7 so that yeah. you at least get something? You get you get to have that, like, decision process, which doesn't come up often because, like you say, most games are, like, highly random, very, mm-hmm. very random, which this, it, you know, you do moves and you never know what the GM's going to throw at you and that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a moment of guaranteed... Oh, fuck, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll, sp- I'll spend my two luck to to do the thing the GM's behind the board work like the stuff that you don't see and don't know how it's going to be like you scored a success but you don't know like what that success looks like until you get until yeah. you hear about it you you scored a success with a penalty but you don't know what that penalty looks like like that's where the, the chaos yeah. comes in do, you, do you risk a penalty are you in a good position like going into the role are you dangling off the edge of the cliff is it worth spending the luck to be like I have to get a 10 on this roll because yeah. otherwise I'm up shit. Like, you get that fun <laughs> yeah. little conversation. Uh, Alright, so what about wealth and money? Um, yes, yeah, so wealth and money is just, it's basically a section here to say uh, don't worry about it. We, we don't we don't track dollars, we don't track coins, we don't track a measure of each character's wealth. You are assumed to be professional monster hunters. You are assumed to have enough dollars to have a night in a hotel, some food for your horse, some ammo for your gun, mm-hmm. and uh, we just don't worry about it. When you watch The Matrix, you don't see the scenes of them having to like 
purchase animation. Buy, buy food. <laughs> like, it's, it's, we just cut that bit out of the game. It's just yeah. not a concern. Up front, there are, just, there are no, there are no toilets on the Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we just don't <laughs> care about you having to, like, oh, I really want the gun that I want, but I don't quite have enough dollars for it. That is a vibe of the game. By all means, that is a, that is a vibe of the game. But yeah, it's, it's like in Dungeons and Dragons that creates the whole kind of t- three-session side quest to earn enough money to go back and buy a bowl you really liked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, when uh, you're trying to get a session, when you're trying to get a campaign done in three or four sessions, then, yeah, you're yeah. banging out in three sessions. Everyone, we don't care about money. You're all getting injured all the time because you're mostly rolling success with penalties. We don't track having to buy grain for your horse. Just, right. just get get to the thing, do the thing. And then you're saying if you do need something, barter and haggle. Exactly. So I, I wanted to have this fun bit of like, I really do need a very good rifle because we're about Sorry, to... I just saw in the chat. Someone said, <laughs> Neo, lend me a tenner pal. I need a weapon. <laughs> yeah. That would be a different vibe of a film. <laughs> I would maybe watch a miniseries of that. <laughs> Why can't we make money? We're in the Matrix. <laughs> just Neo checking his balance on screen. <laughs> How is there nothing in my Monzo? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh no, you've got to hold. No, the, the reader's on the side. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Bar, Bar and Haggle is the like, if you if you know that you are going to have this point of tension of like, we really do need to buy some guns, or we do, you know, it's a thing in the story. This is an important moment. There's a move for it. You can yeah. roll a move. If you can script a bunch of drunks from a bar to help you fight something and none of them have guns, guess what? You've got to go barter and haggle yeah, like, guns oh, from we need to We need to arm the people that live in the fort that are fighting the Vulture Queen. I guess we need a load of rifles. Let's go find <laughs> some rifles. Like That could be a thing that you have to do. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Uh, what we got next? Uh, inventory and how equipment works. Yeah, so uh, this is just me waffling on to say just write it on your sheet you have as much as makes sense we don't worry about encumbrance we don't worry about things like that uh the game has a tag system which is to say very loosely that you can write next to your inventory what i recommend you do is maybe have a rifle and write next to it forceful this thing really knocks people back or messy when you use this on someone you're going to turn them into a fine red paste or different things like that there's a there's a list of tags at the back and i encourage you to come up with your own yeah, that's but cool you, yeah because if you, you put a messy tag knife. on it then you've got a rifle that like if you shoot someone really sure it's gonna blast their up. face off but also everyone's gonna hear it right that's like that's yeah, gonna be yeah. a loud fucking gun and it sort of preemptively takes care of that like uh you know in other games where maybe you're using a sword and your gm was like hold on i thought that there's no way that that sword could reach and in your head, you're like, no, it's my long sword. It's a, I have a long sword. And the GM's like, yeah, but they're quite... Afraid. You have that back and forth. Mm-hmm. By just having a tag, maybe, of, like, the dagger that you have is discreet. You've written your tag of discreet. Mm-hmm. You can hide it when you get into the building. Oh, well, did the guards not find the knife on you where they searched you coming into the building? No, no mate, it's discreet. discreet. I've yeah. got a discreet knife. It just yeah. clears up those little, like, problem points. Yeah. That's good, because like, this this harks back to what you were saying about the idea that the game is essentially everyone is telling the story of a movie and they are the characters within that movie. Exactly, yeah. Uh, 
so yeah so at the, at the very end of the book I've got a list of tags of like awkward awkward to use it could be dangerous to use so you have that thing of like maybe you want to get a really good rifle and your GM wants to give you some kind of penalty you do really well on a barter and haggle and then your GM is like okay right versatile next to your rifle you can use it all different kinds of ranges mm. but also right dangerous that rifle is held together by willpower and nails <laughs> and it's like a little thing that you have to to inform the fiction right okay and then we, the, you've got your next section uh, your horse and rummaging through their saddlebags yeah so the the rummage move you can see there's a common move for it it's just a fun get out of jail card if you mm. need an item and you're in the middle of the desert or you don't want to barter and haggle or something like that, we assume that you can go to your horse and you can pull out the lantern that you forgot that you had. Or you can pull out the ivory dagger. Oh, God, we need an ivory dagger because only ivory daggers can harm swamp witches. Oh, I, I think I've got an ivory dagger. Let me rummage for it. You rummage and you roll some dice. You, you have a little outcome and a little move associated with it. Okay, that's really useful because, yeah, that saves you having a, like go shopping or give up and walk away and as you're exactly yeah action, if, right? if you've narrated that you've got to the place and then you're like I can't believe I forgot to bring X that I needed uh, you can rummage for it and if you roll pretty poorly maybe you rummage for it but it explodes after you use it once <laughs> for some reason yeah yeah it's good as well because it keeps people in the direction because one thing I've learned about no matter which players you play with if they go into a situation that is too dangerous for them you cannot make them turn back if you want to stop yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll them you're kill going to have retreat. to kill yeah. them they will because characters in a film never run away they, they never they, run away they don't regroup the and come back moving forward yeah no no player ever wants to do the video game survival thing even yeah. if your game is oriented they're around that push through and be the hero so if always if, pushing through. if they've gone somewhere they shouldn't and it's too dangerous like just as a piece of gm advice for anyone ever running a game they've gone somewhere <laughs> and it's too dangerous because in your head what they're about to meet is too dangerous just change what they're gonna meet change what it is yeah it's yeah. Uh, that you <laughs> thought that or were, be prepared that you're going to kill them <laughs> you warned them about the dangerous level 12 dungeon thing that was around there that everyone who enters there always dies and they head down anyway despite your warnings when they get there they are not going to survive it and they will not turn back so instead just make it that like the place has really shitty ladders and everyone just keeps <laughs> falling to their death it's an amusing side note and then move your dungeon of terror somewhere else like yeah, yeah. Because people don't turn <laughs> turn back, and having the ability to rummage through a saddlebag to get the magic thing that you need, whether it's literally magic or just like, oh shit, I think I have a lamp, like yeah, is, a, yeah. is a great great feature to have. So, ruination or your weird ruination? What's that? Yeah, th this is just the classic. Every monster that hunts monsters is a monster, like that sort of fun. You know, the best vampire's blade. <laughs> like, I wanted that. Uh, you're all a form of a daywalker fucked up monster yourself right uh, so this is basically within your like class or archetype a special super bonus thing that you have but every yeah. time you use it the darkness creeps upon you exactly and so eventually all, all you're fighters, gonna hit sorry going yeah yeah you, eventually you, you you're gonna hit point. a limit where it like tips it's like a tipping yeah, point yeah. and as you get closer to it each time you trigger this you run a higher risk that like maybe this is the thing that's gonna push you over the edge 
Exactly, yeah, yeah. And like, I've had players in playtest just not want to use it at all because they're worried about, uh, you know, I don't want to become a monster, so they just don't use it. And that's fine. You could run a game where none of you use it and maybe you're not. We looked at um, the dice rolls and the stats for it and even the worst possible rolls, you could still do it once per session. Yeah. Yeah, So if you're doing three sessions, guaranteed three. So you yeah. can always use it at least three times. And with good dice rod, dice rod, you could maybe use it like, well, like 10 times or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, like I had another play session where somebody managed to like uh, time it. They had like two boxes left and they were doing their last big roll. I think we were like five sessions in uh, and they did their last big roll and it, where they, they achieved the thing they wanted in fiction, but they gave it, they became a monster. And it was a mm. great, like, finisher to their character sort of thing. Okay, yeah. So uh, when you mark your tenth step of your track, your characters succumb to their weirdness. Whatever this means in practice is up to you, your table, and your GM. But it should be dramatic. So you're essentially talking about turning into a monster that either does or doesn't stop you being part of the gang. I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that you can't be a gang of vampires hunting vampires. If that's if that's the thing that you're going for, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just an extra thing. So like, yeah, all fighters can destroy their enemies. That's as loose as you want it to be. Maybe you just like, you're in a scene where you're really getting shot up and really beat to a pulp and your fighter character's like, fuck all this, I kill them. Fuck this, no, I'm out. I, I become monstrous. Whether that means you dissolve them with your mind or you turn yeah, you into get a like werewolf. you get bear claws and just rip heads. You do, and, like, you yeah. do the thing. Uh, yeah, just a way to keep things moving. Uh, and yeah, I've had like fun uh, people interpreting that like in a fun way. Like someone was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I want to kill that bad guy," mm-hmm. and then we're back in the scene. And I'm like, "No, you can kill all that. Like, if you want to become Nosferatu for thirty minutes, you can kill all of them, and then we'll go to the next thing." <laughs> uh, and like, yeah, the thinker can learn the unlearnable. What does that mean? Well, it's up to you. Maybe you activate your power. And Cthulhu talks to you, and now you know where the hidden base is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever your character thing is. So, uh, trauma. What's trauma all about? Yeah. So trauma is the. It's effectively the HP system, and in the spirit of not just wanting numbers going up and down, uh, trauma is just a little pyramid that you stack up. Mm-hmm. So, one of the consequences that a GM can give you is, oh god, you get shot in the leg take a level 2 trauma and write shot in leg please uh, and it's just a thing to stack up to show how bruised bloodied you are maybe you, maybe one of your traumas is despair, maybe one of them is panic uh, whatever whatever you feel fits it's just a way to keep track of how <laughs> how banged up you are without it just being a number that's like I'm on 3 of 19 it doesn't so when you filled anything. your trauma pyramid, you're dead or whatever, like or whatever yeah. works for the thing. Is it possible to remove trauma? Yeah. So the, the the next section is recovering trauma, and again, it's just whatever works in your fiction. Maybe you uh, take a rest for a while. Maybe you find someone that gives out magic bandages and magic potions. Maybe you, in fiction. We take a month off because we've all got broken legs, and we right. come back and then we kill the bad guy. Like Just smoking the, pipes, <laughs> staring off yeah. into the distance. So uh, the trauma section is the section you really need to fill out in pencil. 
Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be changing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good point. Yeah, I would like to think of a way to maybe have something that you don't go back and forth on as much. Uh, but I think in, in in practice, as most of my playtests went, nobody really recovered much. <laughs> they were just stacking up because each the each play session was effectively like three hours in fiction. Mm-hmm. So each story took place over two days, maybe, and no one really had time to recover anything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, whatever fits your group, yeah. As per yeah, and just down to how much trauma is getting doled out as well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think we talked about common moves. We looked at the common moves card. Um, talked about like how fight works. One of the nice things that you've done throughout your guide is everything comes with like an example. Shitloads of examples, yeah, basically. Uh, so all the all the common moves are listed, and most of them have. Uh, well, they've all got examples. Some of them have a couple uh, of just so that you know what it should be like when you're playing, yeah. as opposed to just reading a uh, like so a cue card. Learn by reading, learn by doing, learn by seeing yeah. approaches. Yeah, there's some options there. All right, so talk about creating a character. So. We looked at the playbook, we looked at the titles and moves, we looked at attributes, we looked at the background and initial... Did we look at background and initial inventory and history and uh, naming your I'm not sure you, can, you can pull the sheet up. Uh, Have a look there is a, the yeah, there's a background cheat sheet. Uh, yeah, we didn't pull and, up the background cheat sheet, so let's get that up. Yeah, so the idea of the background... So yeah, you choose your playbook, what, what kind of style of story you're trying to tell, choose some attributes, see what you're good at, bad at, and then on your playbook sheet, you'll have some items to tick. Uh, and these backgrounds are effectively optional presets of something. So like I've done play tests where, you know, I've had people be like, oh yeah, no, I was a I was a preacher and then I saw a devil and now I'm like a badass devil hunting preacher man. Okay, you're you're totally set, you know what you are, no problem. If someone's maybe a little bit more, they're not as used to making that kind of forward choice about things, here is a set of backgrounds that you can be. Uh, so there's basically each choice is actually uh, an item to pick when you make your character mm-hmm. and some questions to ask yourself and your character of what your background was, where did you come from, why are you now hunting monsters? Uh, so, for example, an outlaw, someone that's like a bandit or a cattle rancher or a smuggler, you can choose from, maybe you've got some stolen valuables on you, maybe you've got a stick of dynamite, maybe you've got a bandana, and then you get to ask yourself, what crime did you commit? Who doesn't forgive you for doing that crime? And it's just a sort of like, little prompt uh, to maybe get the creative juices flowing of, a, of someone that doesn't feel, or maybe feels a bit more awkward. Yeah, and these items are interesting as well. Because uh, yeah. Energizer pills for the medicine one, like, well, we can kind of get a vibe off of that. But then on the other end of the scale, a bear trap. Like, yeah. most of the time you can't use a bear trap, but if you've got one, I bet you'll find a way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you're choosing what kind of story you want to tell. You were you were a, a trapper, you've got your pickaxe and shovel. I bet you're going to find a way to cause a landslide or to bury someone in something or mm-hmm. 
uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got items which like obviously have like an explicit use: a pair of handcuffs, a pair of binoculars. Yeah, um, yeah. And then other ones that like a camera and a tripod. That's very if you that you're not if you're not picking that if you're trying to like win the game. You're picking that if you're yeah. trying to play. Yeah. It, you know? It's very. It's it's a lot more abstract. It's a lot more. Uh, you know, from a point of view of most RPGs are about quote unquote clearing the dungeon and mm. killing the monsters. This game isn't, and maybe you'll find a good use. For, maybe you're like trying to document the werewolf, and you're taking photos of it so that you can get the posse of villagers on board, something like that. It's yeah, uh, yeah like like you say, the sort like a stick of dynamite has a very clear and explicit use of what you'll be doing with that dynamite. But uh, a signed autograph of a household celebrity yeah. is way looser. Uh, but yeah. I'm if, sure if, if that appeals to you, there's I'm always sure a thing. You've got a good idea. If, if you've got it, you'll use it. Like yeah, no matter exactly, what it is, yeah, yeah. you'll find a way to like crowbar in this thing, and it'll, it's entertaining. You know, it's, yeah, it's I, a I really result. believe in the idea that like every choice you make when you're making a character for an RPG is you're choosing your verbs. You're choosing the thing that you want to do, no matter how big or small that is. The choice of an axe over a polished mirror is a choice each way. You're choosing a thing that you want to do. It's a doing word. All right. So a nice wide gamut. It's like name your horse. That seems pretty straightforward. Name your horse. Name your horse. I I, I nearly wrote like a whole bunch of stuff about that, and then I was like, no, it's nonsense. No, you name it to like. Just name your horse. It's, it's almost a punchline as a header. Just name your horse. Name your horse. It's good though. I mean, there's no world where you wouldn't have named your horse. Yeah. yeah you own yeah. a horse. Yeah. Then we talk. A, you pick a playbook. We went through these: the fighter, the sneak, the thinker, the weirdo. We looked at the sneak in detail. Um, the fighter does what it says on the tin. Thinkers, your academic, your weirdos, somewhat magical, occulty, occulty occulti things. Yeah. And then obviously these have sub subsets. Commander, sharpshooter, tank, etc. We've got some explanations here for how to set your attributes and picking your backgrounds. Um, we've got some examples. We've got it typed out here with some examples of like what you're trying to do for the playbook. And then um, this section here called Unfortunate Family. This is just something to think about, right? And then a yeah, so I've just, I've just thrown in, I wanted some art, and then I was like, oh, hold on, my art can be random tables. Some, so I've uh, just thrown together some vibe cards, some, ra- some random shit. Well. Yeah, so we're like, yeah, pick, like, you don't have to—they're numbered, but you can make your own, obviously. Do what you want clear with them. vibe there's, of this there's game. Six of them, so you can roll with them for if you want. And then uh, this section, which I think is really good, is choosing, like, designing your character's history because it's difficult. Because people, it is difficult. Yeah, people, it is trying to put together a background for a character. It's it's a whole thing. And you've there, just there, kind are some, of... there are some people that turn up to RPGs that have three A4 pages of like, here's everything about my person, and that's great. Some people really struggle with it, and that's also understandable. And I want yeah. to think of like, yeah. here's to prompt you, if you're feeling awkward, if you're feeling like you can't, uh, I guess I'm a cowboy. That's understandable to have that nervousness. Uh, and it's, it's why there's little questions on the background cards. It's little things just to prompt your creative juices so yeah that's uh because you get people who join and they're like oh yeah you know i was a, a mouse who was cursed to be a human and i don't know the rest but i'll figure it out as i go 
great if you're playing 30 sessions not so great yeah, if yeah. you're playing three so yeah yeah this kind of covers all of that um have a little look here items and equipment yeah so i just uh you know i have a little paragraph at the start saying like it's non-exhaustive you you will come up with your own cowboy items don't worry about you know wanting to give a player something that's not on this list but here is a list of stuff that maybe you just Use it as inspiration more than anything, I suppose. Uh, I like the weird devices. A bronze cube turns six cubic feet of everything into ash. Requires human blood to activate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All the all the names taken from my favorite metal albums, and metal songs. <laughs> I guess points to hot dice nerds that can find so those these, references. <laughs> these aren't are these items that people are starting with, or are these items that just randomly exist within the game? So the second one. So these are just example equipment of like his. I'm giving you tonal flavour for what the for what I would run the game as. Right. Uh, okay. So these are maybe there's a lunatic running around that's found the crow priest's staff. And got, he's it, got it. Got it. Doing something. That's the mission is to kill him or whatever. Or, All yeah. right. Uh, so weapons make your character uh, uh, come with tags, and then you've listed out tags here. Um, yep, so like we spoke about earlier, yeah, these are just, you know, fictional prompts for things. Maybe you have a, a revolver that is discreet but slow. Maybe you have mm-hmm. a rifle that's dangerous but forceful, etc. Yeah, okay, so uh, yeah, you might, uh, yeah, you might uh, pick one that's like precise but awkward, for example. Yeah, yeah, and Balance yeah. them out, yeah. Forceful and messy. This, this this idea came out of like some other some other uh, Apocalypse World games do this and I wasn't going to bother because I thought well everyone knows what a revolver is you know we don't need tags on revolvers but then in the very first play session somebody was like I want to barter and haggle for a revolver that can specifically turn people into fucking play-doh I want a revolver that messes people like it's easy you know it's nearly a shotgun this thing just blows people away and then I was like, oh, no, there's a reason. Yeah, it's not enough to write revolver on your character sheet. You clearly want <laughs> revolver, yeah. open brackets, messy turns people into mist. <laughs> yeah. Like. So, then you've gone, you talked about like common Malay, common range, and you've given some like basically examples of like the way that yeah. you can exactly, do yeah. this. But then you've also talked about a way to get. Which is. Oh, what, sorry? You've talked about where to get that. You're putting a background onto your weapon, gift from yeah. an old employer, something like that, which uh, I think is a fun thing to do. From a normally, you pick, you design your own background, and then you're like, also I have a sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stolen from so, it, so it's, it's yeah, it's just something that you like, and also because because it exists, because I've wrote it down, and it exists in the book, it's an opportunity for the GM to be like. You can have that revolver, and it can be precise, but it's weird. And every time you use it, you have really terrible nightmares, and something's coming for you. Like it's a thing that you can tweak and play with. And that's why you write the background for it. So this is a game that very much, very much relies on a strong session zero. Yes, I would. I would say so. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Because you need a you need a bit of guidance. You need someone who's I've got a good grasp on the rules. People who've read the books or like read the read the guide for players, uh, 
the GM yeah. who's read the GM guide. Like you're ready to go through it together to get to grips with like, all right, who are we? Um, what's our deal? What's the stuff? Yeah. How do we, how how do we like like yeah like what are all of our things? I think a strong session zero that covers both knowing, oh, I've got this gun and it, like will turn you to mist when you fire it at someone and it only works at very close range. I don't want it. And a prize fight who died cursing my name and screaming to hell as like a yeah. like as as a as I want it off of him. I like and now like whenever the whenever I see fog, I can hear his voice on the wind. Like this yeah. kind of yeah. thing, or like really helps both the player understand like how their weapon feels to use and like how they are as a pla- how their character is as a as a person in the world. But the the GM gets a vibe for like this as well and it makes it telling the story attached to an item makes it easier to remember that you have it what it's for and how it works um, totally yeah, so, yeah, and it, yeah. Like, that's not just for the player to remember that I have a gun that works at close range that turns people to miss but here in that story helps the GM remember oh I shoot my gun they don't have to look at a sheet to be like oh close range what damage is that yeah, it's, they're it's just like oh, kind of game. oh the missed gun yeah 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 <laughs> The, the 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 bad guys in the game are that they are as strong as the story needs them to be. Yeah. As as, as opposed to like building an encounter, for example. Uh. So from a player's perspective, that takes us to the uh, the end of what we've been looking at for. Uh... Yeah. So that's it. So it's a it's a short book. It's not a it's not a massive book. I just try to you know get everything out there. Throw in a bunch of art and examples to get. You took out the art. You took out the examples, and you assumed that people knew everything about RPGs. This would be very short, but yes, yes. you built a guide so that everyone is supported and no one should feel lost. And without examples and art, it comes. I think it's in at like ten pages, and even then, most of my paragraphs are like repeating the same thing three or four times, just to yeah. really hammer home. Like, I, I could have a bullet point that's like, "Don't think about money." Don't like. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that money and wealth. Game. Not a thing. Don't worry. Not yeah. a thing. It could fit on a business card. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just. So we looked at the we looked at the character okay. portraits and we looked at well, we looked at just the sneaks playbook. Um, mm. I know that we've also got a running the game guide for GMs, and I'd like to just just for like five minutes go through that. Yeah, I guess like yeah uh, yeah let's go through that because the playbooks are the same thing but different. Yeah, narrative I, directions. I think they're interesting, and I think they're worth. We've basically we've, we've got twenty more minutes for anyone watching the stream who's enjoying it. Um, so if we're going to look at four things for five minutes each, where we'll look at the run and the game for five minutes, and then we'll look at the fighter, thinker, and weirdo for five minutes, and then uh, we'll have looked at all the player characters and we'll have uh, archetypes, and we'll have a good idea of what's the uh, what the deal is if you're trying to run this. You'll know so, what's uh, happening. Yes. Go. Uh, so I guess the the real the real important bit the the real bit that is like the value of what you're getting is if you if you jump down to the section called the GM move list because in this game the GMs have moves like the players do doing GM uh, moves so yeah so it's a it's a short explanation of uh, here we go GM move list yeah so it's you you as a GM should be doing things in response to player actions when they roll a six or less when one of the players or all of the players looks at you to ask what what now what happens now or 
uh, when the players give you a golden opportunity to do so. When they've deliberately ignored danger or they have deliberately pissed off the wrong person. When they've like opened themselves up for some bullshit. There are your three trigger points of when mm-hmm. you're doing things. And then the idea is you, sh- you should do in response to those whatever you feel is appropriate. Now that is really, really vague. I don't want to just leave people with like, do some fun story stuff. Because I hate that in RPGs when they're like, how do you run the game? Well, make sure that every NPC has a name. Thanks. I don't, <laughs> that doesn't help me Anything else? <laughs> oh yeah, have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, like, how do, I, how do I run this game? Give the players lots of magic items. They love them. And I'm like, wonderful. <laughs> I don't know how to play it. Uh, so he- here is a palette of things that you can do to fuck over your players. It is the <laughs> list. It is the list of consequences that you can throw at your players when they roll poorly or they, uh, you know, they've got some stuff coming their way. They they pissed off the wrong person. So they've they've here's, asked here's the for list. and received and need they've to receive chaos. Yeah. So I wanted to give this list of like, yeah. The, the West is a weird and dangerous place. Use that. Or reveal a nasty truth to just make one up on the spot. Oh, it turns out that NPC you know is a bad guy. Or you can apply some trauma and telegraph further danger. And again, each of these things has examples. Uh, yeah. Have, right. a, have a monster go boss music mode is a great one. You're not sure, you know, someone rolls six, you're not sure what to do to them. Well, now it can spit acid like deal with it uh by trauma telegraph danger reveal a nasty truth like the current big bad's working for a bigger one work the west against them like gas and flames and lanterns and torches easily cause overwhelming fire smoke and sound um have a monster go boss mode so its claws suddenly extend even further and its hair stands up straight and it starts leaping or show signs of a threat uh, pass a by eyeing them suspiciously or hey what's that guy standing next to the sheriff reloading your rifle what's he doing was he doing that when we walked in so uh yeah strip them of their resources give them an impossible choice turn their move back on them offer an opportunity with a cost highlight a weakness they have offer a distraction by their background if you are a gm this is a absolute godsend of a list it's just a list of stuff that's like Oh, they've rolled a six, and I'm so caught up in remembering my NPC names and what my players can do, and you're like, we all know it, everyone that's ran a game knows that feeling of like, oh, my player was going to do something, and we all thought they'd do it, and they've rolled poorly, I now have to give them something. You can, you can essentially your, just throw a dart like, at this page and do whatever it hits, and it's just right? It's just one of, one of the things, hopefully should work, no matter what we're doing, take away a resource, they drop their gun, they drop their lantern, they... something like that. And mm. it's a list that, uh, again, like basically everything in the book, let it be inspiration. This doesn't have to be canonical, you know, these are your only eight choices you can make. You read this list quickly and you're like, oh, of course, I should have offered them that opportunity. Okay, you can make the jump, but X bad thing happens. Uh, I like the impossible choice section. Give them a choice between physics equipment, take off the drum, um, two NPCs in lethal danger. Yeah, just fun, like, oh, you thought things were going really well. Uh, not that well. <laughs> because they roll a 7, 8, or a 9, for example. Uh, 
And then, yeah, so the rest of the book, the rest of the running the game PDF is stuff that we've probably all heard, just loose, how to, like, prepare things, how to speak to players, that sort of stuff. I guess the last, there's a there's a big four-page long example of playing the game, uh, which hopefully people will find useful. Uh, some more tonal art, that sort yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty in here. And then the final bit that I think is hopefully you get a lot of value again is the spark tables. Mm-hmm. So right at the end, this is making content. <laughs> if you need a villain and you don't have a villain in mind, roll a bunch of six out of dice and add all the sentences together, and you you make a you make a villain in real time. I'm going to do that right to... now. I'm going to I'm going to make a villain. Hang on, let me get my dice. Go for it. Here we go. Massive nerdy dice roller things. This. That's so <laughs> sick. <laughs> so good. All right. Got D6. All right. So my villain's goal is to humiliate or uh, show weakness off. Um, their appearance is they're stocky, muscled, and well built. Uh, so the stocky, muscled, well built who likes to humiliate others. Um, uh, their target is a friend or a partner, and their origin is a cult member, religious, heretic, or heathen. And they like to do things by abusing an ancient site of natural magics, and their secret weakness is uh, a desperate, worsening drug addiction. That is, that's that's like that's if you can't if you can't turn that person into a villain in real time, I can't help you. But yeah, that's like that. That's how you. I just wanted something that like. You know, oh god, I forgot we're playing tonight. <laughs> Shit, I need, I need a thing. <laughs> uh, and there's a bunch of them. That's uh, that's, the, that's the idea. There's a bunch of these spark tables that are multiple tables per category of thing. Let's so look you at. can add some sentences together and hopefully make yourself some Wild West content. Let's uh, let's take a little look at our, our uh, three archetypes then. So the fight. Yeah, yeah. So the fun bits are the titles, really, I guess. Uh, but I mean, I mean, you're going to use all of it. But uh, yeah, the commander can like force people into a posse and have people working on his side and turn the tide of combat and things like that. Uh, the sharpshooter can always shoot really far and can do extra things whenever he aims and fires. Mm-hmm. And also has a wonderful mechanic of uh, they can appear in a scene that they're not currently in on a rooftop with their gun trained at someone. Uh, which I've had people abuse wonderfully. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> uh, and then the tank, yeah, it's really hard to hurt. They're always secretly armoured. They can protect people really well. They can set up defences really well. Uh, yeah, cool. and then your moves are about reading enemies, doing extra damage in combat, being able to pull, uh, pull your weapon faster, and my favourite for last is you get to have a special gun that you can choose, like some little bonuses that you can uh, you can have. My gun's handle is warm to the touch when supernatural enemies are nearby. Uh, Advantage on aim and fire rolls. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all the time, fantastic. constantly blowing people away. Just, just yeah, rarely misses. <laughs> like yeah. doesn't even have to look up from a book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is great, yeah. I particularly like uh, my handle is warm to the touch when 
supernatural monsters are nearby because that's Sting from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. a weapon. That's Frodo's gun. Alright, so we already looked at the sneak. Uh, the Thinker. This is an interesting one. Yeah, so the Thinker was born out of the idea that I know that there are people that like to play RPGs that are scared about getting hurt and they don't want to piss off the NPCs and they don't want to get shot at. This is a character that lets you live out that fantasy of still having things to do in the story, but you're not directly shooting at anyone or sneaking into the building. It's just you get to do things because the benefit of the game being it's all story-based and narrative-focused, I can do that. So there's a, a researcher, a technologist, and a surgeon loosely split into the academic type mm -hmm. who can scrutinize all buildings and all places, has advantage when they're reasoning about things. Uh, the technologist gets a gadget. I really love that in your downtime you can just build a gadget if you have the resources for it. What does that mean? Uh, it's good. Well, it yeah, well, I don't know what it would mean that specifically for a gadget. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I had a player uh, create a magnesium flashbang. <laughs> like, when I'm going to storm the building, can, can he make flashbangs? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Uh, the surgeon is obviously like a some place just like to be the support role in healing people. Sure. Uh, lets you do some healing. They have fun moves. So this challenge of like, what does a thinker do narratively? So I've come up with what I hope to be some interesting things. So elementary, my dear, is a chance for the player to put together evidence and suspicions and then roll and if they roll high enough, those suspicions are true. Oh, okay. Re retroactively and canonically. Whatever you were doing, I'm pretty sure that Jim the Butcher is the murderer of the of the woman that lived down the road. Roll high enough, turns if out it was. If you, you present your evidence, and if we all agree it's possible, well, you get to, you get to be the one that's like, I've worked the thing out. Uh, and because the game's so loose, it doesn't fall apart by having that happen. Yeah, oh some, no, some Jim, RPG, some Jim's RPG gone to jail. Suffer. Jim's going to be hung in the morning. Like, oh, Yeah, like... Sorry. <laughs> Whether Jim is hung or not, it's his own business. <laughs> Jim might be hung, good for Jim. <laughs> uh, and yeah, a friend in need. I like this idea of you can turn up to a place and have an NPC there who is your friend already. You can <laughs> rock up and be like, don't worry, I know the sheriff. Uh, dig up the dirt is a fun one of... You can go over papers, you can pour through documents, you can read newspapers, and then you get to choose. You can say, okay, who's really in charge of the group that I'm investigating? Well, maybe up until this point, in the GM's head, it was the big bad guy, obviously. But now you've dug the dirt up. Maybe it's the big bad guy's son. Maybe it's a demon. Maybe it's something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a fun way, again, we're talking about this, affecting the narrative, uh, that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, the the last one is you get to make up a plan that you're going to do soon. Mm -hmm. And if you follow through on that plan, you get a, a bunch of bonuses. You nice. can choose things that are definitely true. Because I listen, love the idea if, of being So like, if the gang listen to the smart one, they stand a the higher thing, chance of succeeding in their efforts. Anyone, who goes, anyone goes off playbook, you're going to find that like, things are going to start to go south. Yeah, I've picked the wording deliberately, so it's like you can choose an impossible thing to come true. So your plan can be like, don't worry, the vault will be unlocked. We just have to get in the building. And you can roll and then like, yeah, it is. 
Yeah. Because you planned it. You you did your scheming. Sure. Doesn't matter about the details. You're the thinker. Yeah. All right. And then as our, our fourth archetype, we got the weirdo. Yeah. So you know, it's a weird West game. I wanted people to be able to do weird things. Uh, so yeah, occultist people. You know, you've learned about the devils. You can you can read devil script. You can uh, you own a strange magic artifact. That's a fun one. Uh, we had a player that picked it and then had the uh, randomly teleport and they just activated it all the time <laughs> just teleporting around without their choice <laughs> to get out of danger uh, the seer is like a classic you know someone that has visions a clairvoyant type uh, however you want to flavour it and then a servant is because the best class in D&D 5th edition is the warlock and I just like being that idea of like I'm, so, I'm someone's bitch bar magic <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just think it's a, it's a fun story thing uh, so there's something there for that as well you and then yeah all, all, of, all a, of the moves <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I just I think it's great uh, yeah and their moves are about speaking to dead people and healing their friends at a cost to themselves uh, they've got one about uh, cursing objects that's fun it's deliberately quite loose you can curse an object to have terror the next time someone touches it uh, and then Doolittle is just a fun talk to animals thing I just I knew I wanted to include like a druidic like yeah yeah I could I could tell crows what to do what people are like yeah crows are also excellent for like a kind of mood animal yeah 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 so uh, if you've if you just watched all of this and you're like what about well the snake um <laughs> you've missed episode one um, episode one head to hotdicenerds.com and you can watch it in many places if you're listening on a podcast it was the last podcast if you're watching us on YouTube it, it was the last YouTube <laughs> <laughs> you get the vibe um, if you're watching on Twitch guess what um, if it's more than two weeks since we last streamed then it's watch it on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so what's going to happen next is um, now that we have Tom the game author um, he's going to um, pick from a stable of uh, people he knows and hot dice nerds uh, to uh, find people who can play for long enough at the same time internationally yeah. on <laughs> consistent days. Um, the ultimate challenge. People think learning rules for RPGs is hard. No, scheduling. Scheduling, scheduling is, is the boss. Is, yeah. is the greatest boss again for all, all RPGs. So... Um, we will now enter the scheduling battle, and when we've solved, solved scheduling, we'll be back for a Weird Weird West, the tabletop RPG, played by Hot Dice Nerds and run by Tom G. Uh, a handful of cowboy bullshit sessions <laughs> that I am very much looking forward to. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I look particularly forward to yelling, Have you read the book? at people that say they want to play. So, uh, yeah, that will be fun. Um, it's right. As a, as a system, I think it works well with just people that don't read the book because you just do what you want, and then I'll tell you to roll, and then things will get fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you've said that, and now the next the three sessions that we play, you will constantly look like Ben Affleck yeah, having yeah. a cigarette. I, I apologise. It as, <laughs> as, I, as I was saying the words, I knew I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for people who watch us live, thank you very much. For people who watch yeah, us on uh, watching, guys. YouTube or anywhere else, love you very much as well. Hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com slash hotdicenerds, obviously. Everything hotdicenerds. Uh, hot Instagram slash hotdicenerds, if that's where you want to find us. Sure, why not? 
<laughs> come on down. Uh, <laughs> come and find us on Facebook because we're all under 50. All right, thanks very much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, cheers, bye. Cheers. <laughs>